夢にまで見たような世界で争いもなく平和に暮らしたい「もう我慢ばかしてらんないよ言いたいことは言わなくちゃ」「帰り道夕暮れのバス停落ち込んだ背中にバイバイバイ君の」Rebranding the podcast as, uh, fuck. I can't come up with a good foot joke to go with Bleach. I can't do that. I, I can't. Sam See, posted feet. I posted a the title page of chapter 197. Kubo posted feet. K- Kubo posted feet. I, I don't. Ugh. Besides. <laughs> I'm I'm shocked you didn't go for the easy joke, which is making a reference to like bleaching your eyes. I I mean I could have, but ugh. why did you have to show me feet? I showed you bleach. This is bleach. This is what we're podcasting about. We're podcasting about bleach. We're podcasting about feet. I uh, th- this is awful. I. The audience doesn't need to know. You're the one making a big deal about it. I am and if, making a and big if it, deal. And if it ends up in the episode, they'll know you purposely left it in. Oh, hold on. Nova has just texted me saying, I have one. Uh, lay it on me, honey. <laughs> Feedy go and Orifidi. Orifidi? These aren't good. You're right. <laughs> These aren't good. I don't like Feedigo. Feedigo is bad. <laughs> oh. This is... Uh, okay, everybody, I need you to know that literally Sam literally said I'm going to drop this bomb for psychic damage before we hit record. And I was, I was still not prepared for him to just send me fucking... It's literally a picture of Renji, Rangiku... Toshiro, Ikaku, and Yumichika, all in line, all just, like, holding out their feet. And, like, the, like all of them are wearing shoes except for Ikaku, who's barefoot. Why? Because he's a delinquent, and he, he hasn't been wearing, uh... You'll notice in the episode, he's wearing, like, slippers. I guess that's true, but I don't, I know, I... Th- there's feet. There's feet. There's feet. This is fucking It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Senna, and I have been absolutely demolished by this image. 
again, none of this needs to make it in. You're going to be making a conscious decision to subject our audience to a discussion of feet. I'm your co-host, Sam. We, this is, listen, everything on this podcast is a conscious decision to curse our audience, curse myself, everything is, I, I have no words. I have no words. <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> okay. So, we, our, our episodes this week, like, I, I thought, like, the first one was pretty alright. Should we get into it, Sam? <laughs> Let's just get into it. We have episode 114, Reunion, Ichigo and Rukia and Shinigami. <laughs> we open on a recap of the past few episodes, as well as the role of Soul Reapers, to catch everyone up, in case you haven't been watching the past 100 episodes. Uh, in case you don't remember, Ichigo very sad, but now he's fighting the two Aronkar who have attacked Karakura Town, Okiora and Yami. Specifically, he has just protected Orihime from a strike from Yami. Uh, Orihime apologizes to Ichigo for not being stronger, and Ichigo's like, you don't need to apologize, don't worry, I'll handle this. And he goes into Bankai, like, fucking immediately. I appreciate this, because it feels... He does this in the manga, too, but in the in the context of the anime, it feels like he learned from the bunk, from the, the bounce, and yeah. he's like, hey, you know what? This is a problem, and it needs to be dealt with yesterday. Bankai time. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it greatly. I'm really glad he's not wasting any time here. Um, Orihime's just like, wow, so that's what his Bankai looks like close up. It feels very different from before, though. And she, like, describes the spiritual pressure as if it's not Ichigo's. She describes it as, like, violent and rough and says it feels like it isn't him. Uh, Ichigo tells her to get back, and she does. Yami asks Okiora what's up with this guy, and Okiora's like, yep, that's our target. It's good he came right to us. Uh, and Yami just punches towards Ichigo, but is, like, fucking easily blocked. Ichigo's like, hey, are you the one who hurt Chad? And Yami's like, so what if I did? Uh, and we get this cool shot of Ichigo, like, jumping over Yami, and it's not even clear that he pulled out his sword. But Yami's arm just fucking falls off. <laughs> It's, it's fucking great. It's so good. It's so good. It's it would be my favorite shot of the sh episode if there wasn't like a bunch of other really cool shots in this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, like this episode is fucking packed with really cool uh fighting shit. Um so Okiora starts like thinking to himself and is like this is why I keep telling him to practice his pescasa. Like, he needs to learn to size up his enemies. Ugh, same shit as always. And he's, like, sitting here thinking to himself, he's like, well, he's strong. But he's still not, like, strong enough to really be a threat to Aizen, so, like, whatever. And then he's like, hey, Yami, can I take over the fight? And Yami just gets, like, really fucking pissed and, like, starts reaching for his sword. Which Ogiora just, like comments on it's like do you really need to pull out your zanpakuto for this and upon hearing this ichigo is just like oh those are zanpakuto the what are these guys and he like starts drawing reference because like all he has to draw reference from at this point is the visored uh so he's like are they like me like 
what's going on here? And then suddenly Hollow Ichigo cries out and is like, switch with me. If you switch with me, I'll take care of this guy. Uh, and basically, Ichigo gets kind of locked in place here because Hollow Ichigo isn't letting him move. Uh, essentially, Hollow Ichigo is just like, let me out or I'm going to get you killed, basically. Ichigo's struggling here, gets slammed by Yami, and Orihime runs to attempt to, like, aid uh, Ichigo, but, like, she gets smacked too. Uh, and Yami just fucking beats the shit out of Ichigo. Like, it's actually kind of brutal for the anime. Yeah, like, it's a... It go, it goes on for a, for a little while, like, longer than you'd expect to. It's like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ichigo is not having a good time. I think specifically the part that gets to me here is... Like, after slamming him on the ground, like, several times, Yami just, like, picks up Ichigo by the back of the head, uh, and there's just, like, blood, uh, like, running down, like, Ichigo's mouth. It, it looks like he is very badly hurt. Like, it, it sells it really well, I think. Basically, uh, old Hiro notes that there has been an increase in power in Ichigo, uh, like, ever since he stopped moving, but that it seems to be more than, like, his own power. Yami goes in for another attack, and in a cloud of dust, Urahara and Yoroichi show up to save the day. And I was just, like, sitting here like, yes! Yes! Just absolutely cheering. Um, so the thing that Okura says is he goes a bit more into detail because he says his power keeps flipping back and forth, uh, basically. And okay. on the on the low end... Complete trash, not even worth it, like, basically how he was when Ichigo first showed up, and Ulkiura just considers him entirely, like, below notice, and he doesn't understand why Aizen would want to would want to target him. On the high end, pretty sure that that power spike is stronger than Ulkiura, so he's like, hey, um, what the fuck? Yeah. What's happening? And then Nurahara and Yoroichi showed up, and we all cheer. We all fucking cheer. It It is very fucking good. Um... Yami is just like, hey, if you're showing up to get in my way, you're just begging to be killed. But Yoromichi just, like, fucking no-sells it and just tosses him over her shoulder and then drops something in Urahara's hand and is like, I'll handle them. And then she just absolutely beats the shit out of Yami. Uh, it is so fucking good. It Well, it's, he asks her to go, to go like, take care of Orihime and he gives her, like, a... I, I think it's like a sack of senzu beans, basically. Yeah, basically. Um, and as she's walking away, Yami attacks her and uh, realizes, hey, maybe you shouldn't attack Yoroichi. Yeah, no, like, she... It doesn't even look like she's struggling at all to fight him. It's it's great. Um, So she goes to, like, pick up Orihime after Yami's, like, on the ground. Uh, and Orihime, of course, asks how Ichigo is. And Yoroichi's like fine, swallow this, and just gives her a pill, which is basically a senzu bean. Um, Yami gets up and just starts releasing a sero from his mouth directly uh, towards Yoruichi and Orihime, which I don't know if we've described seros on this show before, but it, it's basically like a key beam. Like, it's that kind of attack. Um, of course, the attack is fruitless because Urahara just comes out and fucking deflects it. Like, he specifically says, like, it would have been a problem if I deflected it. So I just kind of used my own similar power. 
And then he says, scream Benahime, which is the coolest fucking call for a Zanpakuto. And it just sends out this red wave of energy uh, towards, like, Okiora and Yami. It, it is so fucking cool. It's really cool. I forgot how badass his fucking sword is. <laughs> yeah, no, Benahime rules. Yami gets ready to go in again, but Okiora stops there and is like, dude, dude. <laughs> You're gonna get fucking killed. You don't stand a chance at your current level. Like, these- you don't know who these are? And he, like, explains who they are, and then he opens the gate and is like, Hey, we're gonna retreat. Our mission's over. We're gonna go report to Aizen and tell him that Ichigo's trash. Bye! (laughs) And then they just leave. I love the way that Ulkiora opens the gate, like, in the rifted space, because he looks like he's, like- tapping on a screen and then it just unzips from reality it <laughs> and, is so fucking cool but also kudos to the sound director for because they put in like normal quote normal bleach music uh, throughout the entire episode and then ju- when Ulkior is the one who's talking and he beats the shit out of yami in one punch and then just like picks him up and starts walking away that's when they play the like really cool spanish guitar arancar theme <laughs> Yeah, I I was really into the music this episode. I was really into, like, this first half of the episode. Uh, it's all really, really fucking good. Yeah, and he, he even tells uh, Urahara in the Yoroichi, like, Hey, you're like, ta- you're, like, taunting me to fight, but also... We both, both of us are smart enough to know the score here. You're protecting a bunch of people who are useless trash as far as I'm concerned. You might be strong, but there's no way you can fight me while still keeping them alive. <laughs> like, if we fight now, I win. And then he leaves. Ulkiora is, like, very cool here in that, like, he doesn't, like, rise to that taunt. It's just literally, like, I see you're taunting me. I'm gonna explain why you shouldn't do that. Bye. <laughs> And then he just leaves. It's great. Um, so we we do cut back to Urahara shop, uh, and Urahara brought home juice. Uh, and he asked Jinta and Ururu about Yoruichi's condition, uh, and they like both look really serious. But then we cut into the room where Yoruichi's staying, and she's just doing the anime protagonist thing of eating as much food as Nova and Lyrian will give her. And this animation loop lasts way longer than you would think it would. It, I I didn't count the exact time, but it felt like it lasted for two minutes. It is an entire minute just of that loop and it is absolutely fantastic because it's yeah. like because like you have this this really tense fight this like horrifying beatdown of ichigo this really cool like rescue moment that's still like action-packed then it cuts to the like incredibly heavy rain outside the outside of the urahara store and he comes in and he's jovial but he's always jovial when things are bad and the kids are just like really tense and not saying anything it's like super atmospheric and then it just cuts to this scene of her taking bowl after bowl after bowl of from Lirin, completely like entirely uh, eating them to nothing in seconds and then giving the bowl to nova and it loops that for like a minute and it's (laughs) but the really cool part is they didn't just loop the animation all of the bowls that she's taking are different Yes. Like, it's like, here's... That one's rife with bees. Uh, that one's clearly rife with beef. That one's, like, ramen. That one's, like, 
uh, some natto. Like it's just like it's every single uh, every single bowl that she's given is a completely different meal. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. clearly the animators were told like, hey, we need some filler animation because we don't have. And, like, we're trying to cut off this episode at a specific part, and we don't have enough pure manga stuff to make it to that part. So we need to cut in a couple of extra stuff here and there. And they were like, fuck it. It's really good. Like, I was just astonished at the fact that it lasts for so long, because it's, like, pure silence except for, like, the, the silly bleach music. And it's just this for, like, a full fucking minute. It's It's really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, Urahara seems relieved, but Yorichi is like, hey, I messed up because I didn't, I, like, was not landing my blows properly while I was using Shunko. Uh, no, she I- didn't use Shunko. That's the mistake. Oh, okay. I miss, I misread. Um, so she didn't land anything with Shunko and she's fine for everyday living but probably not for combat. Like, she's really messed up. Uh, She, like, particularly calls attention to the fact that, like, the Arankar's, like, flesh was, like, really dense with spiritual pressure. Um, And they're much stronger than expected. More Because she she only hit... uh, In the beatdown she gave him, she only hit uh, Yami, like, two or three times. She broke her leg and her arm doing that. Yeah. She got fucked up, like, properly. Yeah, or at least, like, severely sprained, but, yeah, so now she's like, I can walk around and I can, like, live, but fighting is, uh, dicey. Yeah. Which is why she's like, I should've, I should've done, like, Ichigo, I should've just went in at 100% instead of, you know, keeping something back. We could all learn a little thing or two from Ichigo, I think. Um, speaking of Ichigo... Uh, the rest of this episode is kind of confusingly paced in in terms that, like, it was hard for me to tell upon watching it, uh, like, what is happening in present time, what is a flashback, and what is not a flashback, because it's just, like, the, the locales it chooses are, like, confusing, I think, because we basically get Ichigo's room, and he's laying down covered in bandages, uh, and then Cone does his slapstick thing. Is like, hey, everything's annoying and depressing in here. Uh, and then he breaks the window and walks out. Uh, and he gets, like, shredded on the way out. Uh, and then he continues to do Cone things because, you know, they had to fill this episode a little bit out. Um, and then Yuzu hears him and comes out to fight just Bostov. It's just Bostov. It's fine. I do kind of love the gag that, like, he... So he jumps out. He He's completely shredded and pierced with shards of glass and yeah. in the brain. And he's like, yeah. I'm trying to be considerate by leaving you alone in your depression. And you're not even reacting or something? Fine, fuck you. And he's just yelling at Ichigo for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And, and then Yuzu's like, I think someone's causing trouble on the front lawn. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It, it's a pretty good bit, honestly. I, I, was, I was having a good time. We, we do cut back to Ichigo, and he's, like, upset with how that battle went, and he, like, it, it, it was kind of hard to parse just because, like, I was low energy yesterday, but, like, essentially he feels like he's losing control to his inner hollow, um, and uh, then we cut to Orihime, who's at Urahara shop, and then we cut to school, uh, where Chizuru freaks out about Orihime being hurt, and this is where I got confused about what was flashback and what was not. Uh, 
Because, like, we cut directly from Orihime being at Urahara shop to school, and Chizuru freaking out about Orihime being hurt. She's like, I just fell down some stairs. And then Totsuki seems spaced out until Ichigo shows up, who is also in bandages. Um, Orihime tells Chizuru she has to go to the bathroom, and then she leaves. And then Ichigo, like, flashes back to talking to Orihime, who is bedridden at Urahara shop. And then he thinks about how Chad got hurt and how Totsuki almost died. And he berates himself for being too weak and not knowing what to do about it. And then he, like, lies in bed staring at the ceiling. And it's very unclear to me where it, like, where any of this is actually happening. Because, <laughs> like, I I think it's all from, like, the perspective of him being in his bedroom. But the, the reason it gets very confusing for me is because of the next scene. <laughs> yeah, so there's... A few things happening at once, and although one thing I do want to point out is Orihime here is, we've had in the past, we've had a bunch of times when Chad is like, I keep losing, and I don't want my friends to be hurt, and he gets like really sad and in the dubs about it. Ichigo is doing that right now, like he's really depressed, but also he's like, I tried to fight, and then I froze up because if I didn't freeze up, my hollow would control me, and I'm pretty sure that if I keep, if, if nothing changes... I will go out of control at some point, and I don't know what to yeah. do about it. And he's, like, really struggling internally with that, and he also doesn't... But he doesn't want to worry anyone, so he's not telling his friends. Meanwhile, the bit that we get from Orihime, and we get this because um, Urahara, like, walks by her room while she's in, like, convalescence at his place, and he just kind of, like, peeks in, because she's talking to herself, and he's like, um, what's happening over here? Yeah. And the thing she says is she's sad for like five seconds and then she's like, no, being sad about it won't help anyone. Fuck it. I'm just, and then she just like shoves herself under the covers, presumably because she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to recover. <laughs> like, I'm going to put all of my energy into recovering <laughs> and everything will be great. And then I'm going to go to school. I, I do love her like optimism here. It's very, very welcome. But, and then otherwise, it's like, there's, it's just that there's a cut back back and forth between like Ichigo being sat on his bed, which that's the those scenes look great. Like they, yeah. they hold, there are some like really cool long shots. Ichigo uh, looks like he looks like he's really thinking deep, uh, and then he thinks back to okay, well at some point during the five days that Orihime was out of school, Ichigo like visited her, <laughs> and she was like, oh. Don't worry about it. It was my fault. <laughs> Which, also not true, Urihime. <laughs> like, yeah. Y'all should, shouldn't be blaming yourselves for this. I feel so bad for these children. I feel very bad for them. <laughs> like, this, this is the kind of stuff I do like in Bleach, but it's also, like, I do wish, like, I, I'm still, like, kind of reeling from Orihime not getting to do anything in this fight. Like, I, I'm still upset about that, but I I do love these characters, and I'm really happy we're spending more time like this with them. Yeah, it's like, I'm I'm, I'm loving these scenes, and also it's great to see y'all in actually interact instead of just running from to the next, like, spectate spot. Uh, <laughs> from spectate spot to spectate spot while Ichigo and or a captain fight someone. Um, but also, pointing at the screen and going, oh, there's the trauma. Yeah, like, I I honestly, like, particularly think, like, and I'm kind of surprised by this, but I do think the hollow Ichigo stuff is, like, kind of smartly handled with Ichigo's reaction to it. Um, 
because like what we do know like these two are going to have to come to terms at one point or another like what he's feeling right now that fear of losing control and losing himself to this thing is like a very real fear like it's it's very very scary check okay we're good we're good i i i i see sound waves i see sound waves uh clap at 20 If you see sound waves, please contact your local Autobot. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. God damn it, that was good. That was good. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, I don't feel like I have the energy to continue on what I was saying. Uh, for, for the listeners, uh, my mic got disconnected, and uh, that all happened. So you're probably gonna hear me suddenly stop talking about uh, Ichigo being scared of his inner hollow, but... Uh, point being, I think all the time they're spending on it is really justified, and I think it works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do get one final scene in this episode. Uh, we get like a few panning shots of the town, and then we hear some familiar voices as we get a bunch of like camera shots of these people walking down uh, the school hallway, uh, all in school uniform, and we keep getting cu- cuts to like familiar uh features such as uh red hair and tattoos a bald head uh black hair with like feathers um i what was boobs one of them was boobs Boob- one of them boobs was absolutely one of them yeah what else are they going to show for rangiku um everyone got i think at least one shot of every single one of them is wearing different shoes yeah. Like, one of them has uh, sneakers, uh, Yumichika has, or one of them has, like, like these, like, fancy slippers. One of them has, like, lazy slippers. <laughs> the- uh, one, I think one of them has, might have, like, something like, more like dress shoes. <laughs> it's, but yeah, and then we, we get a couple, there's, like, a, there's some, there's some boob shots, there's some, like, Oh, this person's wearing his uh his uniform like unbuttoned down to like the third button. <laughs> yeah. So basically, th- th- what we're getting at here is Renji, Ikaku, Yumichika, Toshiro, and Matsumoto are all just like walking down this hallway, really loudly, just bickering and talking about Soul Reaper things. Like very clearly, they are not humans. Uh, <laughs> and they're just like doing this like casually through the fucking school halls um it's really good um i particularly liked how every single time they cut to ikaku's head they gave like a sparkling sound effect every single time every single fucking time i especially like they're bickering they because they start talking about like hey what room is it oh i had i wrote it down but i lost i lost the the piece of paper <laughs> so it's like it doesn't matter just you like feel out the the spirit pressure there's only one guy in the school it could be so we can just find him and then it moves on to like god i hate these uniforms the uniforms suck i think the uniforms are great because they let my tits out uh, actually, I think the uniforms suck. It's like, it's a pain to, like, tuck them in. And it's like, well, don't tuck in your pants. And it's like, if I don't tuck in my shirt, if I don't tuck my shirt into my pants, I can't wear a sword through my belt loop. 
God. <laughs> like it's just it's just gr- like really great little character bits for all for all these characters for like two or three minutes straight. I I love the detail that Ikaku is carrying like a wooden sword specifically, and they like go into it as like, why did you have to bring a sword anyway? Like it's a wooden sword, and it's like they wouldn't let me bring a regular sword, so I guess I just have to fucking wear this wooden sword. Is that even allowed at school? It's so much. It's really good. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. I'm bringing a sword. <laughs> Uh, so they all arrive to an empty classroom that Ichigo's just standing in. (laughs) Um, and this is where, like, all of this confusion about, like, when any of this is actually happening is for me. Because it's just, like, all of that stuff happening. And then this scene and them just cutting to Ichigo standing in an empty classroom by himself. Um, so obviously he's surprised to see them. Uh, and he obviously angers Hitsugaya by forgoing formalities and just calling him Toshiro. Um, he asks why they're all here, and apparently they were ordered here to fight the Aronkar. Um, and Ichigo's like, what are those? And then Rukia shows up in the most dramatic fashion possible by standing in the window as dramatic, <laughs> like, dramatic bleach music plays. She's standing in the window, and she's just like... Those guys you were fighting, dumbass. Those were the Aragorn, and then the episode ends. It's a. It was a really fun sequence. I, yeah. I enjoyed most of it. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I do have really stark memories because obviously, uh, Rogiku's tits are very, very prominently displayed. Uh, I have stark memories of this next episode, uh, because. I was watching that in high school, uh, in the living room, while my father, who is very, very Christian, also watched with me. And I, I just, I just remember this very, very clearly because he just like, he didn't say anything. It, it was that look that he gave me that's like, are we really watching this? Paired with, thank God my son likes girls. <laughs> Like, you know, it, it was that kind of look. That energy that nowadays kind of means like, oh, it's those weird Japanese things. And then you go, <laughs> I, I swear, not all anime do this. Yeah. Just most of them. <laughs> just most of them. Diva, what are you doing? Diva just got up on the couch and started rubbing her head against the back of it. Okay. Anyway. What, what, okay, no, she's content. Diva, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm so sorry for this. Um, what was the manga like this week, Sam? Well, first I want to go over the post-credits bit, because it's Ganju having Hot Pot with Squad 4. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> and it's it's great. Hanataro forgot the meat. Uh, Captain Unohana's like, oh, don't worry, I got it. And they start eating, and we see that there's just, like, a giant boar snout and tusks sticking out of the pot. And it's like, hey, um, Captain, where the fuck did you get this? And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I caught it outside the door just earlier. And Ganju realizes, with horror, that this might mean that he's eating Bonnie. Um, and the skit ends there, while I am still, like, <laughs> yelling about the fact that Hanataro brought his husband over to eat lunch with his co-worker slash family. It's so good. And then as for the uh, manga changes, so remember last week when I was like, well, the violence is different between the anime and the manga, but like, they're both brutal and they're basically the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, in, in this p- version, specifically when Yami's going on the offensive, like, 
Yeah, it is brutal. It's not as long as the anime. Like, the anime stretches out that bit over a, over a little while. Like, like, in the manga, it's only, like, two pages. But there is so much blood flying off of Ichigo. <laughs> there is so much happening. Um, and the other thing is, this two-page spread that I'm sending you, it looks great. It looks incredible. But also, it loses that elegance that the anime had where they just had Ichigo jumping over Yami and then you see the arm fall off because in this one you see you basically see Ichigo jump past Yami and cut his arm off which is great it yeah. looks you know it looks fantastic but also the way that they did it in the anime was like oh shit that's cool like you just see him dodge an attack and then oh my god he also cut his arm off while he was doing that I hadn't even realized um, yeah I, I, I agree with you. I think it looks great here, too, but it definitely loses that effect. Uh, and then the rest is, like, a lot of just really minor things, like... Yoroichi barely eats anything compared to the anime version. Oh, oh you know, yeah! <laughs> it's, like, a, a, a bowl bigger than her head and, you know, maybe two or three dishes that are each, like, party platter-sized, but that's it. Compared to maybe 12 times as much food in the anime and and empty dishes indicating at least four times as much has been eating so far god yeah um, no that that is a much smaller amount <laughs> yeah the actual montage of the crew arriving is very is you know two two pages just very short it's and it's mostly dominated entirely by the word bubbles of them bickering um and then there's this sequence of the incredibly dramatic rukia reveal which it's just some fantastic, oh, right, I love the way that Kubo does, like, no-word two-page spreads. Just fantastic use of, of space. Uh, it's really good to see. I think it's uh, manga chapter, like, 195, if anyone wants to go see it. But the Bleach manga is, gener is genuinely, like, just some really cool stuff. Yeah, like, the artwork is, like, really a treat. This This looks great. And I think that's it for this episode. I think that's uh, it for this episode. Uh, should we cut to break? Let's just cut the break. Alright, then let's get back into it with episode 115, Mission! The Shinigami Have Come. We start off where the last episode left us, with Ichigo and us being confused as hell to be greeting five, wait, nope, six Shinigami to a classroom that's, like, empty, but also not actually empty. <laughs> I think, given the context clues of everything else that happens in this episode, I think the idea is this is the lunch hour, Ichigo happens to be the only person hanging out on this half of the room, and then there's a bunch of students hanging out at the back of the room that were doing other stuff. Because we turn the camera to see all of these other students who are just hanging out at the back of the room, and they're like, okay, one, hey, Ruki is back, we haven't seen her in a couple of months, but also, what the fuck, did she just jump into a window at, on the second story? <laughs> what mean, they is happening? They wouldn't remember Rukia, right? Well, when she was gone, they didn't remember she existed. Mm. Now that she's here, they seem to remember that she was their classmate. Okay. Christ. <laughs> Bleach is a mess sometimes, and I love it. 
Yeah, their their memory spells are modifiable, I suppose. Or they're made in such a way that, like, if a Shinigami has to go back to a same mission in the same place, it's just like, okay, this is how it makes sense for my brain now. Um, but yeah, so, and they're also like, hey, um, who are all these fucking hooligans with, like, the weird-ass dyed hair, the tits out, <laughs> the bald head, and the, the sword? This man has a sword in school. Help? Hello? Does anyone <laughs> is anyone see this? Event? Why is there a child with them? Why does the child have silver hair? What is happening? <laughs> I don't know why, but the way you just went help, hello, just like really ignited some fucking like comedy joy in my head. I don't know why, but that that got me. <laughs> because I'm a charismatic and funny person who tells great jokes. I mean, this is true, but no, you don't have to <laughs> no stinkers, and also incredibly. And I mean, absolutely the most, just incredibly, um, not full of myself. Meanwhile, Ichigo, <laughs> stunned into silence, <laughs> is treated to an immediate kick in the face from Rukia, followed by Renji just, like, grabbing his arms, uh, not quite a full Nelson, but almost, uh, so Rukia could just slap him twice and then use her soul glove to pull his Shinigami form out by the face, <laughs> and then she jumps out the window again. It's incredible. 10 out of 10 scene. Love it. I love just the transition from I am here, fear not, to Ichigo, you piece of shit. <laughs> Come with me. <laughs> uh, the other Shinigami are like, yep, saw that happening. <laughs> like, I, I saw one look at his face and I assumed that this was going to happen. And if it didn't, I was going to do it for her. Uh, and then the other students are like, um, I, what's happening with Ichigo? I can see the whites of his eyes. Is, is, is he, he dead? dead? <laughs> Did he die? <laughs> uh, and then there's just like, Ikaku's like, oh, don't worry about them. They're just like, he, they're just like random humans who don't know anything. And then a bunch of them call him bald. And, you know, they insult everyone else. But he, Ikaku really gets it off. And Renji's like, don't worry about them. They're just, they're just random humans who don't know anything. <laughs> it's really good and it's, that it's incredibly good i love the banter in this episode yeah and it's just capped off with toshiro being oh my god why do i have to be the captain <laughs> why do i have to be the one in charge of this goddamn group <laughs> why am i the chaperone <laughs> it, oh god hitsugaya's presence here is so welcome i'm so glad he's here Outside, Ichigo is jumping across rooftops with Rukia riding on his back and checking her phone for hollow signals, and I have to stress, this means that anyone looking up are just going to see Rukia flying around on an invisible motorbike. <laughs> I didn't even think about it! Oh my god, that's so good! Like, the the way that, like, her legs are just, like, a little out and spread, and, like, how she's just, like, flying through as if she's sitting on something, it, it would look like she's on an invisible bike or something. I, I think it's great, because I'm, like... I'm starting to realize, maybe this is why they don't, like, let Soul Reapers into the human world that often. Because it's just, like, these characters are the most conspicuous Soul Reapers I have ever seen. They are so obviously not living people. See, it just goes to show why we never see uh, our friendly, like, um, our friendly, like, replacement Soul Reaper with the afro. The reason, like, we never see him in a Gigai because... 
he doesn't need one, and he would only cause more problems if he had one. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, they do find a hollow just as it emerges, and Rukia literally kicks Ichigo into action, uh, like, tossing him down below. He dodges his first attack, but just as he's about to draw his blade, he freezes up, and it starts just, like, beating on him. Rukia tells him to actually fight, since this level of foe, like, it shouldn't even be able to touch him. Like, it's so weak compared to him. But as soon as he tries to draw a sword, he gets an image of the hollow inside of him, like, it, like in his mental mindscape, he sees the hollow, the hollow Ichigo, and then he freaks out as it turns into a fluid that re starts reforming into a mask on his face. In reality, he's barely managing to block his enemy's attacks, and he, like, every time he's about to attack, he just kind of freezes up. Uh, while Rukia's like, I, I've heard everything. I know what the fuck is up. Ichigo hasn't transformed a single time since he fought the Arangar. Uh, so she asks him, like, hey, buddy, what are you afraid of? Chad got hurt. Arihime got hurt. Are you someone who loses your heart over not being able to protect them? Over losing a fight? Or are you afraid of the hollow that's inside of you? So she tells him, if you're afraid of losing, get stronger. If you're afraid of not being able to protect your, your friends, just get stronger. And if you're afraid of the hollow inside you, get stronger until you can destroy it. She says even if no one believes in him, Ichigo should stand tall, chest out, and shout his defiance proudly. Because that's the kind of man he is in her heart. And hearing that, Ichigo unleashes his full power, just like, completely no-selling the hollow. It- I really like this scene. Like- it, it is kind of just the typical, like, shonen thing of, oh, you just need to get stronger. But it, it's, like, rooted in this, like, pretty good emotional context of, like, you know, oh, I have to protect my friends. And, like, there's this thing inside me that I'm terrified of. Um, and, like, I, I think it's good. I think it works really well. Yeah, and it works specifically because they've kind of framed it as... If Ichigo's not strong enough, the hollow's going to take over. Uh, although, because the, the, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, I feel like the stronger you are, the stronger the hollow would be if it takes you over. So in, in that sense, the stronger you are, the worse it would be if you get taken over. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Ichigo clearly doesn't think that way, and that's why this works for him. <laughs> yeah, no, like, <laughs> I'm thinking about it now, and I'm just like, hmm. Huh. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> but hey, well, he just has to get strong enough to beat the hollow inside of him. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're terrified of, like, that little hollow inside you? Just beat it up. Just go inside yourself, beat it up. Get stronger. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, sometimes the best way to deal with depression is to go to the gym and make, and make some muscles. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, so. Sometimes that's an incredibly... I should say, often, that's an incredibly unhealthy thing to do. But sometimes, with moderation and a good uh, schedule, it can be helpful. Yeah. And now, we, uh, we go back to class, uh, where we see Orihime, like, walking around, in her, and she's got her cast, and <laughs> Rukia just, like, yells at her from across the quad. And she dra she's, like, slapstick-dragging Ichigo around. Like, she's dragging him by the collar, and he's just... <laughs> on the floor being dragged about. Uh, Ruki exchanges pleasantries with Orihime, and then Ichigo tries to say something, but 
he stops because he's emotionally constipated. And uh, Rukia very helpfully yells it out for him. I'm sorry I was so weak. And that pushes enough to get Ichigo talking again. And this time he actually says, hey, I'll get stronger and next time I'll protect you. And he looks at Orihime with the same kind of look that she's like familiar. She's like, oh, yeah, like he was clearly down to dumps in the dumps. But now he's like, he's good. So she thanks, she thanks Ichigo. She thanks Rukia for getting Ichigo out of his funk. And she tells him, hey, like, welcome back. We're glad to see you. I, I, I do really like this. I, I am kind of, like, thinking to myself right now. Like, this isn't me saying, oh, I wish the show had done this because I, I genuinely don't know. Um, but I, I'm thinking about how the past few episodes, um, like, we've seen Orihime being like, hey, we're going out to do things ourselves. Because we know, like, even if we ask Ichigo, he's not going to tell us. But I, I almost wonder what what the show could have been like if, like, we had had, like, those kinds of confrontations. Like, if, if Orihime had actually gone up to Ichigo and be like, hey, I can see that something is wrong. Like, please don't try to pretend it's not. Like, let's talk about this and figure something out. Because, like, we already know these characters have that kind of emotional intelligence. And I, I definitely, like, I'm very curious to see what would have happened in that context, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, what could have been? What could have been? Back in class, Keigo is talking to Mizuiro while the later is still pulling his, uh, ah, yes, thank you, Asano-san bit. Uh, but the pair are distracted at all the hubbub happening because there's a commotion in the classroom and Keigo's not there, so... Someone's causing a commotion, and it's not Keigo. He goes over to see, and is just immediately met with an incredibly angry Kaku, who threatens him, but then she gets smacked upside the head by Rangiku. He tries to threaten her, but all she needs to say to get him to calm down is that she'll tattle to Yachiru. <laughs> that, <laughs> it just shuts him up good. Very good. Ten out of ten. Uh, then, like a kindergarten teacher, she tells the rest of the Shinigami that playtime's over and they have to leave now, and she's, like, clapping her hands, like, alright, class, time to go. <laughs> and, uh, punches Keiko in the face for her pe- for ogling her chest, and they all head off, leaving him wounded on the ground. I, the actual motion of the punch that she does is so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually, like, incredible. Because Rangiku doesn't react, like... It's almost as if her hand does it without her noticing, because as he's running towards her, she's talking to everyone else, and her hand just, like, gets up and backhands him across the face, and then she just turns and walks away. Uh, And then we get the immediate mirror of that situation, because Khan's excited to see Rukia back home. Uh, (laughs) There's a bit here where she's, like, calling the room, like, it's so good to be in this tiny, small, teeny, tiny room again. And she's like... (laughs) Ichigo's just like, one, stop calling it small. Also, stop fucking comparing it to, like, your goddamn Byakuya estate. (laughs) We get it. You're part of the Kuchiki family. We get it. (laughs) Uh, Yuzu and Ishin are, like, trying to listen in at the door with glasses. They're using a glass, like, against the door, trying to hear them uh, talk. And Karen's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I, I I love the line here that Karin is just like, well, as long as it's not somebody as beautiful as Orihime, I guess I don't care if Ichigo brings any girls home. <laughs> yeah, because I think from Karin's point of view, he's, she's like, listen, 
if he wasn't doing anything with Orihime, he's not going to do with any with anything with anyone not as pretty as Orihime. <laughs> he's too That's... traumatized to focus on girls right now. <laughs> like, yeah, and the, the others are like, this is the first time he's brought a girl to his room. Uh, because, you know, they were unaware of Ruki a lot uh, previously. Uh, and she's like, but he's brought Tatsuki to his room a ton. And she's like, yeah, but this is a girl girl. Like, Tatsuki's not, you know, curvy. <laughs> she's like, Tatsuki, ab- she hit puberty. She has tits now. God. <laughs> Deep. Um, Deep. And then I, after all this, Ichigo just like slams open his door and it's like, get the, stop. Just stop. Go, go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> stop. Just stop. And as he goes back inside, he's like, alright, Rukia, like, what the, um, what the fuck is happening? Could you just, like, explain things? And at that point, Renshi and the gang all show up because they've, like, tunneled in through the, like, the light at the top of Ichigo's room falls down because they, like, made a tunnel from the se- from the roof to the light. <laughs> And all of them, minus Toshiro, just, like, peek their heads out, and they're like, yo, we are here to exposition. It is so fucking funny, honestly. God. Uh, and when Ichigo's like, what the fuck did you do to my to my light? Uh, Rangiku just points to uh, Ikaku's bald head, and she's like, it's like a light bulb. <laughs> and, like, has this entire bit been so that Rangiku could make fun of Ikaku again. I love the commitment to the bit. I think it's great. <laughs> so they all sit down. Renji explains what Urahara and Ishin were talking about last time with about the Aran car, uh, using Rukia sketches, which obviously Ichigo says look like shit. <laughs> uh, and then they explain like, alright, so Soul Society was kind of taking a wait-and-see approach with Heisen because... Um, kind of lost, like, a third of our military force when three captains defected. Yeah! <laughs> Oops! <laughs> so, so that's kind of, like, a big deal. And also, the bount happened. So also, again, big deal. Uh, it's kind of a lot. Uh, so, you know, they're, like, trying to make sure everything's going well back home. Uh, he explains that Yamamoto did the decision of the team because the next council of... The Council of 46 haven't been, like, formed. Like, they haven't been replaced yet. Which means Yamamoto's just in charge of everything still. <laughs> Who needs Central 46 when you've got Yamamoto? Let's be real. So, Rukia was selected because she's the one who knows Ichigo best. Uh, she denies it. She says it's because of her abilities. Renji was selected because out of the available fighters left, he knows Rukia the best. And then he was told to pick someone that he trusted out of the available fighters that, like, aren't captains. Because I, all the, all I the captains are part. clearly staying at home. So he asked Ikaku. Uh, Yumichika overheard, and he was like, well, I can't let my husband go anywhere without me. So he tagged <laughs> along. And then Rakiku overheard this and was like, a trip to the human world? Fuck yeah. And then no one could convince her to, God, no, please, God, no, please anything else. So Hitsugaya was selected to, like, chaperone Rakiku. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's incredibly funny. I love that Hitsugaya is just kind of roped into all of this. It's it's incredibly funny. It's like it was fine when it was like one or two people going, but now that it's like a full f- squad of like five or six, we need a captain. Like <laughs> just just fucking go. Just go. Just fine. Go. <laughs> uh 
this is also the point where Hitsugai himself shows up, like sitting in the sitting in the windowsill, like a really cool guy. Uh, <laughs> and they even mentioned like he's a party pooper who didn't want to join us on our little roof gag. So instead, he's just been waiting this whole time, standing on the roof. <laughs> but because he's in a gig, he, because he's in a gigai, surely people have been seeing like just a random short middle schooler with silver hair, <laughs> like standing on top of the clinic. <laughs> hey, uh, things are getting a little weird in town. I'm noticing a lot of really weird high schoolers just all over the place, and they're like standing on rooftops and shit, like. Should we, like, call the police? No, no, it's fine, it's fine. Like, I, I'm sure they have their reasons. They don't... I mean, I guess one of them looks like a delinquent, but... <laughs> <laughs> so guy explains, the only way that the Iron Car would declare war openly, like they kind of did, is if they were already stronger than a normal Manos before removing their mask. Basically, the Manos Grande that we've seen previously, those are the small fry. They're Gillian class. Any captain can, like, easily take them out. Then there's the Ajuchas, and the, like, none of these people in this room know about them, but we we are shown Grand Fisher Arankar as, like, an example of an Ajuchas. Uh, they're, they're able to give orders to the Gillians, and they're kind of, they're a lot stronger, and they're smaller, and more agile. I really, also, I, I really like... Like, I know we have the, the next class as well, but I really like that the Meadows get stronger the smaller they are. I think that's a really cool, like, little touch. Yeah, and finally there's the Vasto Lorde, which are just basically human-sized, and in theory there's barely any of them. There's only a few of them. Uh, but the kicker is, a Vasto Lorde is stronger than the captain. And so you have, like, okay, there are Menos that exist that are stronger than captains. We know this. But also, we don't know how strong becoming an Arankar does, like, makes you. Like, the, the trend, like, how, is, how much stronger does an Ajushas or a Vastal Lorde become by becoming an Arankar? Nobody fucking knows. So, with all that, and the fact that there's three captains that defected to the enemy side, if Aizen has more than ten Vastal Lorde, Soul Society is doomed. So we immediately cut to Yami and Okiora walking up to Aizen, sitting on a throne, and he tells them both, Welcome back. Talk about what you've accomplished to me and your 20 brothers. <laughs> it, it's kind of a great cut, because it's just like, yeah, if they have more than 10, we're fucked. Aizen's just like, hey, 20 of you. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, oh shit, well, fuck. <laughs> it is really good. It also ends the episode on, like, a horror movie scream still. Like, Yeah! Like, just, like, violent, like, Just like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, it, it, pretty good episode, honestly. Like, I, I, I'm i really happy that Bleach has been, like, pretty consistently good the past few weeks. Yeah, it's just really fun stuff all around. Yeah. Um, so the post-credits. Komamura, our favorite giant fox man, tells his vice captain, It's been a long time since I've gotten orders to go to the human world. I wonder why. And Tetsuzaimon's like, um... Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> it's really serious when, before a captain gets called over. Like, it, it takes, like, a really big deal. And then the captain's like, I even prepared a perfect Gigai so I could be ready to go at any time. And Tetsuzaimon is, like, just completely at a loss for words. He's, like, 
picturing a mangy dog that kind of yeah. looks like Komamura, <laughs> like wagging its tail. It's it's incredibly good. I I loved this bit. It was really funny. And then I think the only thing I want to mention from the manga is the only real change is that when Rukia and Ichigo are running are like flying towards the hollow, they don't even land. Like they notice the hollow and then Ichigo uh Rukia kicks Ichigo out of the air directly <laughs> down to to the ground like a missile. That's that's very good. Uh, Ichigo, I choose you. Yeah, and then the other thing that I think I forgot to mention in the previous episode is actually all of the stuff with Ichigo alone in his room, none of that is in, is in the manga. Oh, huh. That's that's weird. Huh. Like cuz he we still we get the same scenes of him thinking about it at school. Uh so we just get the scenes of him thinking of it at school. We don't get anything in bed. Um that might have like contributed to how weird it it felt like just like pacing wise and like why it was so hard for me to get a grasp on when anything was taking place. Like yeah, also cuz it goes back and forth for some reason, which is which is weird. It, it's it's very strange. And that's it for Bleach this week. That's it for Bleach this week. Yeah, uh, good episodes. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with Bleach. I, I'm enjoying watching the show. Uh, God, uh, I, I guess I should do the ending the podcast thing, uh, where I say, you can find us on Twitter at Bleachcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Pause. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. I, I didn't do the weird stilted thing this time where I talked like this. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a plus. Uh, I hope you all have a great week. Uh, take it easy and stay cool, Chads. No swords. What kind of place doesn't like swords? That's a stupid law. <laughs> that's good. That's pretty good.